You're listening to another episode on the Man of Class podcast. I'm your host, Eric Yusko, founder of Man of Class, this podcast, and is the exceptional life strategist helping those men break out of ordinary and living a life that's exceptional. First, I want to say thank you. Thank you for investing into yourself. This has been a wonderful series. We've gotten a ton of great feedback on just concepts and breaking things down, analogies, different ways of looking at things. And this episode is no different. This episode, we're going to get into mindset, but it, and we use mindset a lot, but the mindset of an investor takes something very different than you may not have used, you know, a similar mindset in the other areas of your life. And so in order to find out that investor type mindset and ways that you can start implementing that type of mindset today, that's exactly what this episode is going to cover. So stay tuned. Every day, the world tolerates less and less of traditional masculine behavior, which has driven a new standard for men to be successful. How does one evolve so that they can win in today's world? Enter Man of Class, a place to empower men to break down traditional masculinity and build the necessary skill sets, mindset, and confidence to become the men that society desperately needs. Welcome, and I hope you enjoy. All right, welcome back to another episode. This we've got Chad back in uh, in the studio, so that's always a good thing to to have his his friendly face back with us. Um, so welcome back, Chad. I know it's been a week since since we were able to to catch up. Yeah, thanks, Eric. Uh, I must be doing something right. You keep asking me to come back, so thanks for having <laughs> me again. <laughs> we got a lot of no- got a lot of knowledge. We need to try to to help pull from Chad. <laughs> Happy, but to be one here. of the things. One of the things, you know, when we start thinking about, again, we're, we're in this myth of riches. And if you haven't tuned in, if this is the first time you're tuning in with us, uh, there is a ton of knowledge. In the previous episodes, we've covered everything from what is a liability, what is an asset, to uh, difficult, difficult conversations that are going to happen when you go on your wealth journey. And we thought a perfect one to compliment, again, in this piece of it, because it's not just money. It's not just money like everybody can keeps thinking, right? Well, the wealth are, are rich because of the money. Well, sure, that's part of it. But that's the thing that we always choose to focus on. There's a lot of other things that people have a hard time quantifying. And I'm using air quotes as quantifying because those are the things that people don't look at. They see somebody rolling around in a Lamborghini, a Ferrari, their own private jet, or even just traveling around the world. And they go, I don't understand it might, they, they somehow got a way of making that money, but there's a lot of other things that got built on top of it. There's a, a perfect picture of an iceberg. And it was like what people see and they don't see underneath the water, this monumentous thing that's actually supporting the iceberg that you see above the water. And so, so many people have taken that for whether it's investors or entrepreneurs or leadership or whatever that it is, people don't see all the other stuff. And so that's the other stuff that we want to get into today, which is mindset. Mindset is a very, very important thing. And this is probably the only time, right? I think to simplify it, we, I like to talk about things in terms of mindset of the fixed nature and mindset of the abundant nature, right? If you're, if you're fixed, you're thinking about there's a limited amount of money in the world. I got to get my share of it, which we know that's not true because our government prints it like it's going out of style. So anyway, plug there. But, you know, fixed mindset is there's, there's only a finite amount of X. I got to get mine, right? Abundant is there's plenty of X for everyone out here. You know, give X and you will receive X, whatever that is, right? 
but you just, you're thinking about, there's always enough for everyone. There's always enough, right? And, and, and you think of a mindset of an abundance. You're always thinking of, there's not a, a, I'm not, I'm not out of time. I don't, I don't have enough time, right? That's a fixed mindset. Mindset of abundance is, Hey, we all have the same amount of time, right? How do we use it? <clears throat> all right. But this is the only time you're going to hear me actually use a fixed mindset analogy, right? And it is, you know, we, we have this notion that those who are wealthy, or those who are quote rich, I'm using air quotes as well, right? That it must be just because they were given that or, or because they did something special or daddy gave it to them or whatever, right? I'm going to propose something then this, this is actually a, a known fact and there's some studies that support it. If you blew up the world's economy, okay, you took away all the money and you gave it all back equally to every individual in the world. You divided it all up by how many people are in the world, like 2 billion or I don't know, whatever the number is, 200 billion. Um, and you divide the total world's money supply by the number of people. If you give the economy from there, that hard reset, if you give that economy about five years, it will all have aggregated back to 1% of the population. Why is that? It is not because the rules are stacked in your against your favor. It is not because, you know, someone knows tricks you don't. It's because of mindset of certain individuals, mindset of abundance and a mindset that they will learn how to do, how to go against the grain and figure out how to make money where others, you know, in a different way than the general status quo. And that's how they accumulate. Right. It will happen again. It's it's interesting that you say that, Chad, because I, I was we we always hear that. But a perfect example is history. Yeah. Now, most history focuses, I'll say, within the, I'll say, the United States. You know, if you're heavily in, in, you know, if you're in the United States, a lot of times history that was taught to you was was based on kind of 1446 and, and later, right? Um, I think it was a 1400, 1776. I, I can't remember. I'm horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, or, I'm horrible at history. I, I fully admit 1492 that. Columbus sailed the ocean blue. There you go. So right. 1492, when it came, you know, when Christopher Columbus came over and, and that piece of history is taught very well, but a lot of times we don't necessarily go back to societies and, um, you know, whether it's the Romans, whether it was the Greeks, whether it was the Egyptians, if we go back to Babylon, right, one of the oldest times, and I know this is a, a book that Chad appreciates, The Richest Man of Babylon, they talk about the same stuff. The, the king basically went to the richest man in Babylon and was like, what the heck? How is it that you've gotten all this wealth? And like, why can't we get everybody to go do this? And he said, he's like, it's not hard. It's simple, but it takes, it takes the things that nobody ever wants to talk about. People see money and they're like, well, how do I get more money? Well, I got to work harder. Okay, I'm going to work really hard and I'm going to get the money. Well, they work really hard. Their health suffers. They end up having to take the money that they did make to reinvest in order to keep themselves healthy, to keep moving forward. And they never actually get out of, quote, this rat race. He said, but one of the biggest things is mindset. Again, if you're worried that you making money is meaning that you have to take it from somebody else, then the guilt comes in. Well, who am I to make money to take it from other people? Whereas tomorrow, let's say that, that you grabbed $30 million out of the U.S. economy, knowing that we just printed $1.9 trillion, you know, with a T, you grabbed a million or 30 million out of the economy, no one would even bat an eye. How do I know this? 
again, let's go back to history. Let's let's go back into recent companies where all of a sudden, you know, companies were born and they just shot up out of nowhere. Chipotle, right? When Chipotle came into the, the game, now people could be could be could say something around the the eyes of well, Chipotle went up and let's say McDonald's and Burger King and the other franchises went down. Well, that was it because of money or was it because people only eat three meals a day? So if they only eat three meals a day and they choose to eat over here instead of over here, that's just them eating differently. Right. They just decided to get different food. So there's that piece of it. But from a lens of, of money standpoint, there's always money. People are always willing to get the banks are always willing to loan you money. Credit card companies are always willing to loan you money. There's enough money out there to be had. That's not the piece of it. But I think we oftentimes discredit to some of that stuff because we don't look back at history. Yeah, absolutely. So how do we talk about mindset in this world a little bit? I mean, you know, if we look at there are five reasons that people fail in whatever it is they're trying to accomplish. Only five. Okay. Ooh, take notes, everybody. He's got, he's got his five <laughs> fingers up. So let's and, time. To and take I'll, and I'll tell you, yeah, there's probably one of these that applies to you and, and these affect mindset. So we'll get to mindset, but th- these are the five reasons that you might fail at what you're trying to do, right? It's simply, and this is a big one, guys, limiting beliefs. Everyone at some point has a limiting belief. I can't go buy that million dollar building. I, I could never buy stocks. What, what am I doing? Right? Limiting beliefs whatever that is. I can never be wealthy. I can never break away from this job. I, you know, I'm doomed to work like this the rest of my life. That is a limiting belief, right? Number two, lack of a strategic plan for you planners out there. I know you're loving this, right? A strategic (laughs) plan is important, right? There's a lot of people that are like, yes, I knew it. I knew it was a plan. Oh, there's gotta be a plan. You you can be confident as all get out, no limiting beliefs, but if you lack strategic plan and direction, you're you're probably going to miss the mark because it's the same thing as having a, you know, a cruise ship with massive diesel engines cruising, but no GPS, right? You might wind up in Africa instead of Norway, you know? So, or or just going in circles for, you know, until you run out of gas. I don't know. (laughs) Number three is lack of supporting systems. Okay. So, I mean, you think about, you know, as you start to, let's say we're trying to invest in something, or let's say we're trying to, um, I don't know, delegate someone to, uh, as, a, as a virtual assistant to take your calls and manage your calendar, whatever it is, right? If you're trying to, d- depending on the size of goal that you're trying to accomplish or, or whatever it is you're trying to go after, it's it's going to require who's, you know, people to help you. You're not going to be able to do everything yourself. It's the who, not how concept, but supporting systems to help get you to where you need to go. For me, you know, like, like just think about email and calendar. I have a certain system and way that I process communications to be successful. You know, that is one way. The fourth, bump, 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 lack of time management, right? Time management is also very important. You can have no limiting beliefs. You can have a strategic plan. You can have supporting systems, but if you spend 98% of your time working on the wrong things, well, you're never going to move the needle, right? And then the fifth one, I love this one as well. This is lack of accountability, right? Many of us are are self-starters, go-getters. We can do it ourselves. But if you have lack, you know, if you have accountability, if you surround yourself with people who are trying to achieve a similar or same goal, right? even there's going to be ups and downs, right? And so having someone to, to, to kind of keep you up during those downs is a very key thing, you know? So those, my, so those, those five mind. things. Yeah, exactly. So those five things are really 
what causes people to fail, right? So if you get through those five simple things, but now let's move and talk about mindset. So Eric, I mean, mindset is something that you're probably a bigger expert on than I am, you know, but maybe let's talk about how a fixed mindset and abundance mindset person might think about, uh, you know, investing in real estate or buying stocks or, or, you know, not living, uh, not, not keeping the mindset where you have to just put all your extra money in the bank account and watch it sit there, you know? Yeah. I, and, and it's, it's a, beautiful thing because one of the, one of the things I remember hearing, and I can't remember, I want to say it was maybe Tony Robbins that had said this, that all of those things comes from a lack of resourcefulness. And everybody always chooses that. Well, you got to want it more. You got to try, you know, you got to try harder and and golly gee, it's, it's, you know, this, that, or whatever. Uh, But I really like the way that you, that you clearly define those five and you articulated it in such a manner that that one of those five is going to be the reason why you're not getting to the next step. Now, self-awareness, right? Just because you have a list doesn't mean that you're going to be able to immediately say, that's the one that's, that's keeping me from there. Because many people will go through that list and they'll say, oh, I, 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 don't, ha- I don't have limiting beliefs or I, I have a perfect accountability system. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm married or I have a girlfriend or I have buddies, you know, they, they help hold me accountable. And you can go through that list and you can rationalize every single one of those things away as to why it doesn't impact you. So having those five is perfect, but let's, Chad knows this about me. I love to go straight into the core of the onion because, you know, we both were in aerospace. The biggest thing is always the root cause, right? Anything that happens in anywhere in the world, it's always, what's the root cause? And I love root cause and I've reflected a lot about this, by the way, over the past couple of days. But the root cause is beautiful because it's what is the single thing that once that's affected, once that's addressed, the other dominoes starts to fall away. And that's why I love going to the center of the onion so much because we can talk about the effects stuff all day long. But if it's but if it's there's there's one major domino that needs to fall, and once that major domino falls, that gives the momentum for all the other changes to happen in your life. And that one single domino is belief. So mindset going from the fixed and the growth mindset goes even a layer further back. And this is this may be new to you, Chad, because I haven't actually shared this with you, but it it goes to belief. Everything in life that you have, you have a belief system around. Everything. I believe that I'm a man. I believe that I'm, you know, successful. I believe that this, I believe that uh, I got humiliated in the fourth grade and I don't want to talk about it. And now I've got insecurity around that, right? There's, there's some belief that's happening every single thing for every single part of your life. Now, the beautiful thing about a belief system is, is a beautiful, it's beautiful. It's a double-edged sword. It's beautiful, but it's scary at the same time. Your belief structure gives you the opportunity to have whatever canvas that you so desire. If you believe that you have a small canvas, if you believe that there's not enough money to go around, then everything else in your life will be a reflection of that belief system. Now, if you believe and if you truly believe that money is abundance, that right, whether it's $5, $10, $40, $1,000, millions of dollars, it doesn't matter. If there's enough to go around, then you'll be able to, then, then that too will be the reflection. Now you're going to start thinking differently because your belief system is like your operating system. Now, all of a sudden that allows your thoughts, your 
emotions and then your actions and everything that you've got in your day. Then you can look at your, your series of that and say, okay, my limiting beliefs may be coming from a belief system, right? I need to upgrade my belief system about this. And so that single thing is going to be knocking down all the other dominoes in the fixed versus growth in the, you know what, I'm going to eat a little bit of humble pie and I'm not going where I want to go because I don't have the accountability. I need some more accountability in my life because in order to make consist, in order to make growth, you have to have action. In order to make consistent growth, you need to have consistent action. Boils down to accountability, what Chad was saying. What are your thoughts on that, Chad? I, I, I brought, I kind of took a little, little curve in the road, um, dropped something new, but I wanted to see how well that actually came across. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And I really like the the center of the onion concept and the dominoes analogy, right? It's like, what's the one thing that you need to fall before you're able to take consistent and massive action, right? And and boiling it down to the five things we talked about. I mean, you know, there's, there's dominoes around those five things. What is the one thing that's standing in your way? Is it limiting beliefs? It, you know, is it beliefs about what reality is? What, you know, are they limiting or are they enabling beliefs, right? Is it, uh, you know, your, your lack of a strategic plan. You don't know what direction you want to take. You just know you want to take action. Right. So, yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly that there are, you know, you can look at it as, as a, a domino structure and it's like, you know, you, you may feel stuck, but man, once you get that first big domino to fall, all the small ones start falling from there and you just get, you get, that's, that's traction. Right. I love it. Here's the, here's the mind blowing piece of it that big domino, right? I can't quite make progress because of X. If that's your belief system, then your thoughts, your feelings, your that's going to be the world that's going to get reflected onto you. And you're going to view instead of what's past the domino, you're going to be focusing so much on the domino. And a different analogy is the race car drivers don't focus on the wall that they're driving past. They focus on the road ahead because if they put their attention onto, you know, the guardrails and trying not to crash, they'll crash. You see right. that all the time. If I say, when was the last time that you saw a red 2004 Honda Civic? You'll say, I, what? Do those even exist anymore? <laughs> now that I implanted that, you're going to be driving down the road and all of a sudden a blue, or I'm sorry, a red 2004 Honda Civic is going to show up and you're going to be like, son of a gun, I guess they do exist. <laughs> because it's it's your belief system on what you believe is out there and not out there. Now your brain and all the other, you know, science things and everything that we all know those five pillars that Chad just talked about, they can be true because it starts with your belief in your belief right, system. Right. And, and, you know, going into mindset a little bit more, I mean, I mean, focusing on limiting beliefs, right? That this, this is probably the one I'm going to be honest, guys, if you have limiting beliefs, you're, you're pretty normal, right? I mean, anything you try to do that's new, new is uncomfortable, you know, uncertainty is uncomfortable. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to pivot for just a second because there are, really a very short list of basic needs that the human being has, right? I'm going to read you. There's six of them. Okay. I'm holding, I'm holding my fingers. That's seven, six. <laughs> For all those that you couldn't see, Chad's up here saying six and holding up seven. So I'm yes. a little worried to be honest, but <laughs> six, six basic needs, right? So every human has the need for certainty, right? We have the need for variety, we have the need for significance, to feel important, to feel included. We have the need for connection or love. We have the need for growth and we have the need for contribution, right? Now, right at the top of that list, and this is where limiting beliefs come from, is the need for certainty, 
right? So as soon as you start to do something that is new, what does that give you? Uncertainty, right? It's new. I don't know how this is going to turn out. I think, and you know, I've learned how it's going to turn out, but I don't know. That leads to limiting beliefs. Limiting beliefs are, are something that can be squashed by simply using the three levels of mastery. Okay. So whatever it is you're trying to do, Okay, we just talked about six basic needs. Now let's talk about three levels of mastery that will help you overcome your limiting beliefs, right? So I'm going to use the concept of investing in real estate because that's what I know. Okay, it's just, it comes natural to me. But if, if I don't know how to properly analyze a property and judge, do I want to trust this person who's running this deal with my money, right? How do I, how do I do that? I don't know. That's uncertain to me. That is not familiar, right? So the three levels of mastery are like first comes the intellectual mastery, right? So this goes with your strategic plan. If you have a limiting belief, develop a strategic plan to, to create intellectual mastery. This is the knowing. This is the before, this is learn before you do, right? This is figure out research. This is figure out how to invest in whatever it is you're trying to invest in. Figure out how to run the numbers, how to compare them to one another, how to, how to spot a good, a bad, and a mediocre investment, right? What are the numbers that you even need to figure out what what it is that you need to be looking at? What are the metrics? Like what are the KPIs? (laughs) We don't know, you know? So learn what those are. So there's intellectual mastery. And then you start to do things. You start working on physical mastery. You're not going to get it perfect the first time. You may not hit a home run on your first investment, but if you do, okay, you'll probably, if you, if you, come to intellectual mastery, you'll probably do all right, you know, at least better than all right, you know, being in control, but master the doing. Okay. And then this is what will start to satisfy your limiting beliefs, emotional mastery, knowing that there will be ups and downs along the way. Okay. Knowing that not everything is going to go according to plan. You are trying to use every, every, every metric, every thought available to you to create your own little crystal ball because no one's going to look after, look out for your wealth like you will, right? Mm-hmm. Trust your gut as well, you know? But notice what I said there is some, and I love this analogy because sometimes overcoming limiting beliefs means taking the next step before you can see the next step, Right. There's the staircase analogy we've talked about. You can see from the bottom floor to the top, you know where you want to go, but let's assume there's fog on the stairs and you can't see the stairs. Sometimes you have to trust that you know enough from walking the first two steps where the third step is going to be before you can see it. And you have to trust your foot's not going to hit thin air, right? So note the, the big takeaway there on help on overcoming these limiting beliefs is knowing that it's a process to get to, to, to mastery of things. You, you know, you have to go through the, the intellectual, the physical and the emotional mastery. And only then will your limiting belief disappear. Right. So don't be afraid to, to push through the limiting beliefs. That's kind of what that message is. And, and I'll, I'll divert and give an example. Um, this little, you know, non-traditional. So when Amber and I got married and we we're talking about kids for the first time, right? Are we going to have kids? How many kids do we want? There was so much, there was a limiting belief, right? That I don't know that I'm going to be a great father, that, you know, the, all the health risks and, you know, is Amber going to walk away from this? Are we going to actually walk out of the hospital with a healthy baby? And these were all limiting beliefs. And there was a lot of fear in me. Right. It kept me from being able to move into saying, like, let's, okay, let's have kids. And 
completely non-rational, right? Everyone that I would talk to about it, they were like, oh, you're stupid, right? You're silly. It, the, the statistics, the logic, the, you know, let me show you all the data. You could have shown me the data until you're blue in the face. It still wasn't overcoming a limiting belief. That's why limiting beliefs are so powerful. They're so powerful that they can have that much of a control over you in the face of all the data, right? Even with all the certainty of data that's this that's present, that still doesn't mean for you and your unique situation that you could that something like that could happen. Mm-hmm. And you know, are, are we going to be a good enough parents? Are we going to have enough money? Are we going to be able to give the kid opportunities? Are we going to be all these things were just constantly eating at me? And it wasn't until I I flipped my question and I said, "How much faith do I have in Amber and I?" Well, I have tons of faith. Are there going to be ebbs and flows, times that are going to be wonderful, that are going to be easy? And are there going to be times where you're stressed out, overwhelmed, not really sure what to go do? Yes. Are those uncertainties outweighing? Are you giving that enough power to overcome the amount of trust and faith that you have in your partner, right? In this case, it was Amber. And I said, no, I know that Amber, I have no no doubt in my mind that Amber and I can can overcome anything. Right. We, we just, you know, our dynamic, everything else. I had so much faith in that. It wasn't until I did that. Right. So I could know everything exactly walking myself through Chad's example. I could know everything. Right. We, we know, talk to other parents, you know, what it was like to have kids. We did all that research. Right. But then it got down into that faith, taking that next step. And I had said, if I believe in Amber and I, as much as I do, and, and I'm consistent and I'm in integrity with this, then that to me says that we can be able to handle kids. And it was after that, that all of a sudden I said, yes, I'm ready to go. No external validation, right? Those types of things. This was a very unique and weird situation, but, but I wanted to follow exactly that because that's exactly how change and overcoming limiting beliefs can happen. You know, Eric, I, I love that you use that analogy because I mean, most of us can relate to this, right? You have, you have this picture perfect rendition in your mind of when the perfect time is to have children. Maybe it's, I've, I've got a job making X amount of money. My spouse does too. We have a white picket fence house, no, no debt, whatever your ideal situation is. I'd love any, so I'd love those who have that to maybe post it in the comments, you know, as a review. And I'd love for those who have kids to, to talk about how it's BS because it ain't gonna work like that, right? So the, the, the funny thing is, when I look at that though, the, the simple thing to think about is, that's a limiting belief. Like I can't have kids until this laundry list of things is in place. Right. And guess what? The, the longer you wait, the more that laundry list of things will change because you get smarter and you see other things you'd like to have in life. Right. Yeah. But when you think about it, the way Eric was putting it, you know, going back to our three levels of mastery, you're not going to be, an, if you're an intellectual master on this, okay, maybe you, you understand, you just need to, before you have a kid, maybe understand what it means. Like understand that your wife's body is going to change. Understand that there's going to be a crying thing that, that just has no reason for the next two years, you know, in your life. Like you have to understand some of the things that come along with that, but you're not going to be an expert when you start, you know, and, and in fact, you're going to be pretty bad at it, right? You're going to figure it out as you go, but you know, you can only learn and prepare so much for that, you know, and, and everyone's going to have books and strategies and all this kind of stuff. And here's the thing. Every kid is different, right? Mm-hmm. You, you, some of that stuff, you're going to like, well, that didn't work. And some of you like, okay, well, that kind of helped, you know? So yeah. your kid's going to be entirely different. Same thing with your investments, right? 
you can go read and, and like, you'll know what that investment looks like, smells like, you'll know it cries, eats and poops all the time, you know, and, and things like that. You'll, you'll learn what it needs, but then it's going to behave in its own unique way. Right. And you have to learn how to, how to pivot and adjust and deal with the emotional ups and downs. I think that's a perfect analogy with, you know, it's no different except for, you know, it, it's a little different, but you know, the, 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 I'm thinking through horror stories in my head, but the, the concept is very similar. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I like and, that analogy. And, and you're right. No amount of research, it, it boils down to that, that same type of question. Do, do you have enough faith in yourself? Do you have enough faith in you and your partner? Do you have enough faith in whatever that it is to be able to rebound? If they, if you do have a bad day, if the investment goes sideways for a little bit, if you know the stock market crashes, like it usually does every 10 to 20 years, right? It's it, These things happen. And you can either take the stance that says I'm I'm going to analysis paralysis and and wait until I have all my eyes dotted and T's crossed, uh, but that but that goal line right that finish line of when you say I get X Y and Z done grows exactly what Chad just said it grows over time because the more that you experience the more that you're like ooh okay I guess I didn't factor for that now I have to make sure I factor for that ooh, I didn't know that that was even a thing. Okay, I guess I really need to go factor for that. And the more that you start learning, the more you start preparing. And before you know it, you're going to be you know, 70 years old going, okay, I think maybe at this point we can have kids, right? No one in their 70s is going to be wanting to have kids <laughs> to, start, to start that next chapter. So the same thing with investing. You don't want to wait until you're 70 and 80 saying, okay, I think now I'm ready to get into the investing game because there are going to be things that you're going to learn. There are going to be times when you say, you know what, I probably shouldn't have gone into that investment. But if you take everything back with a lesson and you go, I now know this is the thing that I need to be present on. These are the right questions. That money really still was an investment because it's, it got you to a point of now I know what questions to ask mm -hmm. so I can be smarter for the next time. Yeah. Well, this right. is the mindset of abundance, right? Because the mindset of scarcity mm -hmm. is, oh my gosh, I shouldn't have gone into this investment. I'm never doing this again. I'm getting out as soon as I can, taking the loss and just, just, just recovering, right? Mindset of abundance is, what can I learn from this? Okay, so, okay, this is interesting. Maybe I didn't make the best decision here, but I'm still doing okay. But that's this is going to help me know how to not make that mistake and possibly identify a gold mine on the next one, right? Yes. So it's like you, you you have to have the mindset of you're always growing, always learning. And look, you know, if this stuff were easy and you could be a millionaire overnight, which very rarely people are, right? We we have a saying here in Nashville. I live in in the country music land of the, of the great, right? It the, the 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 joking saying they have is it takes ten years to become an overnight sensation, right? Mm -hmm. And the reason is. People don't pay attention to you until you became an overnight sensation in air quotes, right? What they don't yeah. see is the 10 years of playing bars in the side of the street in utter poverty because you're just working to make ends meet while you can actually, you know, make enough money to eat, but work on your music full time, right? So it's, it's, it's the same kind of concept that, you know, those who became extremely wealthy, it didn't happen overnight. And I promise if you can get, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm one who's on the way. I'm not there, right? I'm on the way. And I can tell you some mistakes I've made along the way that, man, I wish I would have done that differently, but guess what? I'm smarter now and I don't make that mistake again and I'm better for it. Right. right. And, and the, so the next deals that I go into, I'm better for it. And then I'm sure 10 years from now, I will have learned that like I'm going through one right now where the, the sellers are a family and they're suing each other 
you know, and I'm, I'm in the middle of that trying to navigate acquiring an $8 million property while navigating the dynamics of a family lawsuit. Like you want to bet there's not nuggets and lessons there, <laughs> you know, yeah. but you just, you can't, you can't encounter everything before you start. So the point is, you know, have the mindset of abundance to know that you're going to make the best decision you can today with the information you have today and the mastery you have today. And then you're going to build upon that. And and you might look back and say, well, that wasn't the best decision, but you know, hopefully if you're continuing to build on that mastery, you make better and better decisions over time. And it's it's like, uh, it's like the old way that people used to sail across the ocean, right? They would follow the stars and they'd they'd look, sometimes it'd get cloudy and they'd they'd look up, oh no, we missed the star. We've got to come back this way. And then it would be this constant course correction as you went from New York to, to, uh, to England. Right. Um, does that make any sense? It hundred percent does. And, and it's, it's through that repetition. It's through that constant growing. You put less onus on the fact of scraping your knee for the first time riding a bicycle when you know you're going to go ride a bicycle because you know it's a more efficient way of transportation and it's fun. You don't care that you scrape your knee. You take that as a lesson, right? You, you minor in the minor things and you major in the, in the major things. That's a perfect example of how when you ride a bicycle or when you teach your kids to ride a bicycle, you say, don't worry, you're going to scrape your knees. You're going to go through all that stuff, right? That's fine because that's going to teach you how it's going to teach you balance because I can't teach you balance. I can write you, you know, I can, I can give you a 52-week course on balance, but until you actually get on the bike and you feel what that feels like, when you hit maybe a stone in the middle of, of a concrete, right? It, you ride your bike and all of a sudden it throws you. That's that experience, right? But you, you, you minor in it, you go, okay, that's going to happen, but that's going to get me to my overall big goal. goes back to the strategy. Same type of thing. If you're constantly worried about losing that money because of an investment that goes down, you know, or, or, or it takes a little longer to recoup your money or whatever it's those types of things are, you're majoring in the minor things when you should be majoring in this is getting me my financial freedom so that I can spend more time with my family. So I don't have to tell my little daughter, Hey, uh, daddy has to go travel for work. He's not going to be back for a month. Um, hope you don't, you know, have too many life experiences while I'm gone. Right. That's the, you know, you major in the major things and you mind in the minor things, just like any skill that it takes to, to become a, a master at investing is one of those. It's just extra touchy. And I say touchy because money is touchy. People have this weirdness, right? Because of the stories that were passed down from their previous generations around, we don't talk about money. Uh, you know, money is something to be saved, you know, put it in under a mattress. Uh, investing in the stock market is, is risky. All these different stories, the limiting beliefs that we're telling ourselves and we're majoring, we're allowing that to become a major point in our life instead of what the hell are you doing this for? You're doing it so that you can have more time to be able to go do what you want to go do. You can have the money to be able to spoil your spouse. You have the money to go put in a hot tub so that you don't have to have, you know, lower back and and neck pains. You do it so you don't have to work every single day of your life until you die, right? Major in the major things, minor in the minor things. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, I love that. And I think what you're touching on there, you know, major in the major things, minor in the minor things is very important. And I think what you touched on along there is our, our human nature to be loss averse, right? We, we would almost rather 
play not to lose than play to win, right? And, and so let's play a game real quick. Let's see if I can get that's, this right. That's, I, I, but before you get to that game, that right there for everybody that may have been daydreaming while Chad was saying that, that right there, playing not to lose and playing to win are two different strategies. Yes. Utterly and completely. And so let's see if I can get this game right because I've messed it up before, but hopefully you'll get the concept. Just don't put up seven fingers and say five again. Yeah, seven Yeah, <laughs> like I did it right. Look, that's, I even got a thumb this time. So let's, let's play to your loss aversion, right? If I gave you two scenarios, I'm going to try to go slow here to make sure I don't mess this up. And I might still. So Eric, be thinking, maybe you can help correct me if I mess this up. Yep. What if I gave you a situation where you had a 75% chance of winning 50 bucks, but a 25% chance of losing a hundred bucks. Okay. And then option B would be you have an equal chance of losing or of, of winning 50 bucks and losing 50 bucks, right? This flip of a coin, right? Which one of those would you rather do? making you think too hard and probably didn't get it clear enough. But the, the point no, I, is, so, so one of them, one of them, you have a bigger upside um, and a bigger, bigger risk of winning. You, know, you have, you have a, a smaller bigger. upside. So scenario a, you can win a uh, hundred. So you can win a hundred dollars, right? Yep. So not, sorry, you win $50, 75% yep. chance, 25% chance you lose a hundred dollars. So you have a more downside. certain chance, bigger downside, right? But then yeah. you, another one, you have the opportunity to, you know, 50, 50 to win 50 or lose 50, right? Which one would you rather take? Yeah. And so immediately, you know, your brain can be, will choose one of two paths. The first one is going to be, well, if I lose, I want to minimize my losses. Right. Right. That's playing not to lose. The other one is, well, if I win, that means I could then lose, I could win like once and I could lose right. once or twice right. and I'd still be ahead. Right. And so now all of a sudden you're looking at that going, Okay, so if I'm playing this and I can win a few times, that's going to build a momentum where if I lose a few more times, it doesn't much matter. Yeah. Right. Think about so this. So th there was a study done by, by some very interesting mindset experts, right? And it showed that about 83.3% of people will choose the the case where they limit their downside, right? Even though they have a higher probability of, of getting the upsides the same, right? But they're so averse to loss that even though they only have a 25% chance of losing a hundred thousand, they'll take the 50% chance to only lose $50, $50 right? Or sorry, a hundred dollars yeah. and fifty dollars. So the point is like, we, we are wired to be risk averse and avoid loss, right? Yeah. You got to break that wire. And and there's, again, there's a thing to be said that generationally things get passed down, 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 down. Uh, whether you think all the way back to caveman times, you don't want to be ostracized and out by on your own, you needed the community, right? Again, the, the levels of needs, um, whether it was the depression, great depression, you know, we had, we all had families that lived through that, whether it was 07, 08, when there was a meltdown in the nineties, there was a depression, right? You, you can, you can kind of pick your time and there was, there was stuff that happened. And so because that stuff happened, everybody, it reinforces, it has the opportunity to reinforce, minimize your downside. It also has the opportunity that says every depression that happens 
millionaires are generated. So there's also equally the time where you say, well, I just want to minimize my downside or you know what? Now is a time that if I can figure out what the right next best step is, or if I can figure out a problem, because people will always pay for problems, always. They will always do that. You have to know that. And if you don't believe that, then why is Amazon crushing all the brick and mortar buildings right now? Nobody wants to go out because of COVID. They buy all their stuff online. It makes it easier for them. People will pay for their problems always. So if you can figure out what that right problem is in that right time and capitalize on it, now all of a sudden, boom, right? You got massive upside. Your upside is not capped. It's not like everybody can only make six figures and then it's time to pump the brakes. You, Bezos, uh, Musk, right? These are all examples that, you know, they, they, they're growing in wealth. They're breaking their numbers every single day. And what's funny, and I love about this period of time, and Chad kind of talked about this, is it takes 10 years in Nashville to become an overnight success. What I love about our time in history right now is that we're documenting more. So you, you can, you can actually now, before it was people would read your autobiography or people would read your book after you've made it. So they're like, Oh no, no, no. we got to read the book because this guy's made it. Now we can go back and, you know, there's a, there's a famous picture of Amazon, right? Jeff Bezos in the office where he wrote on like a red marker, you know, with horrible handwriting, Amazon headquarters or something, right? Or you see Elon Musk where now he's, you know, he's super slick, uh, Iron Man kind of looking guy where, you know, he's got good clothes, he's super wealthy. And, but you look back in the nineties and he had like the baggy suit and was like super awkward and just like weird on camera. And so you can see the progression. You can see people before they actually made it. And so you can really see that. And those are the videos I love to go look at mm-hmm. because just like Chad is going to look back at this video after he's really blown up, you can go back and say, that was Chad at this point in time. That gives you hope because you can say, well, if Chad was here and now look at where Chad is or Eric or anybody else that you find on the Internet, because we're all documenting our journey. Now it gives people hope to go and say, maybe I don't need to you know, balance my downside because they focus on their upside. They didn't focus mm-hmm. on the downside. They focus on their upside. So if I do the same thing and I start looking at how they did and, and success leaves clues, now I can be exactly where that is. And I, I can break that limiting belief of minimize my downside and rewrite your family's history, AKA significance. And I love, I love that you just said that because truly we are in a time where you have better odds than any generation ever before of succeeding in whatever it is you want to succeed in. Right. And the reason is just like you said, you know, even, even in our lifetime, man, 20 years ago, you know, and that yeah. sounds, makes us sound old 20 years ago when we were what two, right? No, we were <laughs> just kidding. 20 years ago, right. We had to literally pick up books and figure like, if I wanted to learn how to invest in real estate, I had to find the book of someone who had already made bajillions of dollars doing it. Well, guess what? He'd probably already been at it for 10 or 20 years and the strategies he used or she are out of Mm -hmm. date. It was from a different market time, different environment. They don't work anymore. Right. So this is the beautiful thing is like, you're, you're talking, you know, talking to me, talking to Eric, talking to anyone else here, you know, who is, who is going through the process now and the strategies that we share, they work now, not 10 years ago today. Right. So your ability to absorb those things and, and leverage them and actually just reapply because success leaves clues, reapply them to your life. Like it's so much easier than it ever was before, but you know what? 
98% of people, sadly, will not do this because they won't take action. They'll succumb to their limiting beliefs and they'll, they'll remain in the status quo because it's what society does. That is why the one to 2% exists because there's a very small few of us who actually have the wherewithal and the, and the mindset to execute. Uh, the, the cool thing that I like about this, and I think we can probably wrap up, um, is we're talking about stuff that we haven't talked about. And I say we as a society, right? You talk, you look back in 50 years or 20 years or whatever, and it was always, uh, here's the tax strategy. Here's the, here's the logical type stuff. But what we're talking about is the whole mindset stuff. So we're, we're able to articulate so much more than we ever have before. So this is the really thing. So I do truly think that that 1%, 2%, it takes a little bit of action, what Chad's talking about, the action, the accountability, but you have an access now to so much more information, but it's also clouded with so much more information too. So it's kind of a catch 22. It's flooded in the marketplace, but there is something to be said that this mindset, being able to work on that, get the accountability, get the coaches, get the, you know, you know, form your bro group, form your girl group, you know, whatever that it is, get, and this goes back to last episode, find the people who are not willing to settle for what they have or what they are currently going through in life. And that they want something more. Doesn't mean that you're shitting on what you got right now. You can have massive respect for where you're at and, and what it took to get here. You just realize there's so much more out there to experience in life. And that's where you really want to take it. I love it. All right. Well, with that, we're, we'll, we'll wrap up for today. Um, stay tuned again, this series, uh, the more, the more that I talk to you, the more that this has really been helping a lot of different people out. If you have questions, please, please, please send them to us. We, we love, uh, last week's episode actually was based on questions that we got from people. So, um, make sure to send your question in. Your question is not stupid. Your question is probably the same question that 50 other people have. So make sure to ask it and we'll answer it on, on these um, podcasts so that you actually get the clarity and get that help. Look at us as part of the accountability partners that you're looking for. It's free. You get free accountability. Now, if you have some questions, we can answer them for you. Imagine where it'll take you. All right. Take care, guys. Keep moving forward. Did you know that eight out of 10 men are living a life that they wish was better? I believe living an exceptional life means unlearning everything that we've been taught and dropping the shoulds immediately. Which is why I created a brand new ebook titled Coaching Secrets, How to Break Out of Ordinary and Live an Exceptional Life. I wanna show you the mindsets, strategy, and tactics you need to live the life you were meant to be so that you can step into the vision that you have for yourself but maybe haven't taken action. And the best part about it, it's yours absolutely free. To get your copy, head on over to manofclass.com forward slash coaching secrets, and you can start living that life right now.